Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your spookiest X-Men podcast, where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Spooky Adam. Just regular sack. <laughs> Have you seen this ugly mug? Oh, stop it, you you handsome lug. Oh, Adam, Adam, Adam. It's, it is Halloween today. Uh, it is. Uh, we're recording a little bit later in the week, but um, that's okay. Because we have three spooky stories to uh, share with uh, our listeners. And we're going to start with one that I had not read before. Who's this request coming from? I mean, from from the Catholic Church who established All Saints Day <laughs> centuries ago, I think. <laughs> Satan himself. <laughs> no! In fact, Adam... You could argue the opposite. The Lord and Savior, making sure that we all enjoy a good ghost story. Do we wait? Do we just pick these ourselves? I don't remember. Yes, Adam. We've this is our <laughs> Adam. We've done so many Halloween episodes. I think we've done six. And here's the thing about doing six Halloween themed episodes: mm. the X Men have only done so many. <laughs> Halloween stories. So now we're moving into generic spookum ups. Well, these all three of these are still uh, technically X Men stories. So um, we're going to start with what is definitely an X book. This is uh, Excalibur one eighteen and one nineteen. Dark Knight of the Bamf Bamf Bamf. Yeah, um, this is a Ben Rob Excalibur story. So you know. It's not bad enough to like be memorably bad and not good enough to be memorably good. <laughs> well, we've we've got Ben Rob uh, writing Mel Ruby on pencils and Scott Koblish on inks for at least the first uh, issue. First issue. Who's who's drawing the second one? If I don't um, recall. Jim Calafiore and Rob Hunter. Okay, uh, I prefer the art on the first issue. I didn't really like the issue on the art on the second one as much, but I think that's mainly because this is a story about the uh, kitty's Banff doll coming to life and um, bringing the rest of the Banffs, you know, the many, many Banffs who accompany Nightcrawler in in various parts of Nightcrawler history um, coming to life and Looney Tune terrorizing the, uh, the Excalibur team. Let's start with this part, Adam. (laughs) You say Kitty's Banff. Um, where do you think Kitty got that? So Kitty has a stuffed animal of Nightcrawler, right? Her friend. Yes, her friend Nightcrawler. And uh, the toy, where does the toy come from? Does the toy come from the well of whatever? No, no it doesn't. No, Adam. it was given to it's... her by nightcrawler hey adam okay great let's 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 put a pin in that right there let's hold that thought yeah what's the only other time you've seen nightcrawler with a stuffed animal of himself oh no logic logic dictates adam that is the one that he did he did the (laughs) sexy pose 
<laughs> yeah, boy. He did his Burt Reynolds pose with. Uh... Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah, I had never put those two things together, and I'm oh boy. Well, it yeah. kind of explains maybe then why the Bamps are um, are really obsessed with with Kitty in a in a way that's um, uh, a little weird. <laughs> it's both a little weird and consistent with the Bamps as portrayed in Nightcrawler miniseries. Yes, <laughs> yes, and and at least for the first issue. Uh, as these, uh, well, we realize that the Bamps have been, um, terrorizing Lockheed, first of all, and Lockheed for the last couple of issues has been, uh, behaving a little strangely. Um, but the, the Bamps, at least in the first of these two issues, like I said, they're much more cartoony and silly and they're like, we're going to drop a boulder on your head. Um, it's the second issue where it's like, the Bamps are like, we're going to take Kitty back to her bedroom and show her why she loves us the most. And it's like, oh, oh, I don't like where don't this is going. Love, don't love that. Um, the second issue reveals that all this is being orchestrated by Nightmare. Yes. We last saw when we talked about Marvel Comics Presents, I believe. I don't know. Listen, everyone's like. Oh, what would be a great idea? We do a story with Nightmare where everyone's nightmares are literalized and or they have to confront their past and their fears and have to get through them. And everyone does this. Heck, Jerry Duggan just did this. It's like the number one Halloween story to go to. And I'm a little tired of it. (laughs) Well, the other problem with this is um, that Nightmare kind of gets a little confused with uh, Mojo here. Because they're using, like, Nightmare is using a TV and a Nightmare remote control. And he's, like, making shows of each of their tragic uh, stories. Like, Colossus is confronted with all of his dead Rasputin family members. um, Kitty with her parents getting divorced, etc., etc. Megan's confronted with the idea that she's actually ugly. Right. And and on a wedding day with Brian and the story concludes quite nicely, I guess that each one of them has the self-esteem and confidence to realize that that's okay. You know, like we've been through some stuff, but we're getting through it and nightmare. You have no power over us. Um, I mean, it's closed. That's, that is great. It's the same general story as the first veggie tales cartoon. Where's God when I'm scared where they sing the song, God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla or the monsters on TV. You know, I wasn't expecting you to drop a veggie tales reference, a show Re- that I it, have never seen before. Um, has it been <laughs> five plus years and I've not been dropping veggie tale facts. <laughs> I feel because like I could do it. You must have mentioned the, these anthropomorphic vegetables before, um, but they sing a- some silly songs or at least one of them does. <laughs> um larry the cucumber he sings the silly songs yeah yeah uh no singing cucumbers here however we do have these these little uh you know prancing stuffed miniature versions um you know this is fine like you said it's kind of a run-of-the-mill thing and i wish it had gone a little bit more into the cartoony stuff um it's it's just not what you that that john cassidy cover to 118 
is so good. It, I want, it's, it's a bamf looking menacingly, but it's also a very cute bamf. Mm-hmm. And it says Dark Knight of the Bamf. And I want it to be something different than it is. Like, that cover set a high bar that the rest of this comic just could not reach. Yeah, I think if you just look at the cover, you're like, oh, they're going to do like a spin on Child's Play. Like, the, like Bamf is going to be like Chucky. And that's not what happens. You know, it's it's sillier than that. And it goes back to the same thing that Nightmare always does. And the depths that he, you know, tries to torment our characters with are well covered by the time we get to this part of Excalibur. So, um, which it is amazing that Excalibur got to issue 118 and, and up. So <laughs> they they keep going. And it's yeah. just, well, there's another thing that Rob's doing in here, because this this story is coming right off of the heels of a story we have not covered on this podcast yet. Mm, Kitty uh, Agent of Kitty, Shield. Yeah, Kitty Pride Agent of Shield by mm-hmm. Larry Hama. Um, is Kitty Pride Agent of Shield good? No, it's not. <laughs> Does Kitty Pride Agent of Shield have Kitty meeting a teenage boy and be like, right, right? <laughs> I don't just have to date within my team. <laughs> oh no, I'm dating a 28 year old man. <laughs> he smells like cigarettes, and I don't necessarily think that's healthy. Kitty does realize by the end of this that maybe Pete Wisdom's not the best choice for her, which is beautiful. Yeah, she's definitely realizing that maybe um a certain writer aged her up without <laughs> her consent. Um, but yes, she's having uh realizations about uh about wisdom. Um, Megan seems to think that Colossus is Gaga for her, even though he's okay. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, hold on. That is actually a running thing for Ben Rob uh, in his Excalibur, which the Ben Rob Excalibur is not very good. It does have some incredible bits in the last, uh, the last two issues have some incredible bits. One of them's intentional. One of them's absolutely not. The intentional one is of course, uh, episode or issue 124 where someone crashes Brian's uh, stag party. Uh, and that someone is Faron, who's really mad that everyone forgot about him immediately. That's pretty great. <laughs> it's, it is such a good reveal. It's so funny. Uh, and then Excalibur 125, which is the one where Brian invites everyone that Excalibur has ever hung out with or fought or been around to the wedding, including the Nazi Excalibur, okay. which is a weird choice. <laughs> Oh, uh, but no, it's not. But no, Ben Rob had like a lot of stuff going on with potentially Colossus and Megan. There was like a one shot. It was a whole thing. Yeah. He's was doing it good? A, no, he's doing a lot of soap opera stuff in the middle of this. And it's fine. I, I, I just there's there doesn't seem to be any real reason to do it. Uh, it just seems like it's recycling old storylines. So. Um, why don't we rank this on our big old list of uh, X stories? That's right, folks. We are on the road to 700 uh, on our big old spooky list of all the X-Men stories of all time, ranking them from best to worst. The best story is the House of X and the Powers of Ken. Uh, the 100th best story is X-Men Alpha Flight. Uh, the 200th best story is 
X-Force, Volume 4, 11 through 15, Us versus Them. Number 300 on this list is the first Purple Era issue of X-Force. Number 400 on this list is X-Men Kingbreaker. Number 500 on this list is The Five Lights. Uh, number 600 on this list is X-Band 67 through 70, Infinitives of Evil. A great story, <laughs> actually. One that rules. Uh, and the worst X-Men story is the Draco. Yeah. Um, um, where are you This looking, isn't Zach? that bad. Um, I got to find it. Um, how do you spell Excalibur? <laughs> Which Excalibur? A regular or Age of Apocalypse Excalibur? Okay, well, I can't find Excalibur 115. That's where I wanted to look. Okay. Um, that is... Find at... next. Okay. Excalibur 115 is at 624. That is also a Ben Robb Excalibur comic. That's the one where uh, Moira and Rain jump into... Right, because they're still there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in they, quarantine. Yeah, they jump into their quarantine thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably better than that. It, yeah, yeah, we're, we're not much higher than that, though. I, I don't think this is probably better than Fabe's uh, attempt at the Adam X origin story, Captain Marvel two and three, which is at six seventeen. Adam, do you think this is better than worse? Better or worse than Stanley presents colon X Men colon the end colon Heroes and Mart book? I'm sorry, book two colon Heroes and Martyrs. I don't think it's as good. That has yeah. that has the uh, the gambit that does reveal good gambit part. This isn't as good as Wisdom Max. No, it is not. Um, not as good as uh, that X Man arc. No, I don't. Yeah, I'm just keep working my way down. Is it better? Is it better than Vigil? Wolverine uh, the Vigil from MCP Volume Three. It, you know what? I think it might be. You know, because that's I really didn't like that, but it's not better than the anti-smoking uh, Spider-Man Storm and Power Man comic at six oh six. Honestly, I don't think it's I don't think it's better than that Wolverine story where he gets the Muramasa blade. No, it's not. So this is going to be our new six oh eight. This is our new 608. Okay. You know, was... I, I say maybe Ben Robb's comics aren't bad enough to be memorable. They are still bad. Yeah. I, I think if uh, fans are going to want to look this one up, just just read the first one. You'll get the idea. You, I don't you get know. The, you get the gist. gist yeah. <laughs> Go read then any other comic with Nightmare in it. <laughs> and you get the same thing, right? Um, I love how we don't actually do important things for the nice big round numbers that we hit on this list. Because that's 700, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, congratulations. 700 stories. Uh, that's fantastic. And uh, like you said, you know, when we start doing these year after year, the the um, the pool runs a little, <laughs> little dry. But we did find some other ones. So uh, the next story we're talking about is from a an offshoot in the Marvel universe that I don't think we've ever touched before. What is this Zach? Uh, this is Marvel zombies. Halloween. Number one, Marvel zombies. Halloween. Are you a Marvel zombies guy? Cause I've never been no idea. I I've seen plenty of the covers. I've seen the what if episode on Disney plus, but I, I don't know. I think the general premise is just like, what if, everybody in the Marvel universe was a zombie except for a couple of people who made it. I mean, that's, 
that's about right. Here's the thing. The Zombieverse first appears in Ultimate Fantastic Four in an arc called Crossover, where you think it's going to be a crossover between the 616 and the Ultimate Universe. And really, it's a crossover with the zombie universe that now exists. Great idea. I, I, you know, I love zombie movies. I think this is a fun idea. And, well, it uh, was it's 2005. So that's about as high zombie. That's when folks. Folks, let me ask you this question that you were asked a lot in 2005 and haven't thought about since. Do you have your zombie survival plan? <laughs> uh Coming from New Jersey, where they do the annual Asbury Park zombie walk still, um, I know zombies are going concern, but you're right. I mean, there there was a point where Kirkman had a stranglehold over the entire American pop culture with. Well, no, this is even before that. This is is, pre-walking. Well, the the comic is out by then. The comic, the comic's out. And it's a hit. I mean, it was a hit. It was a hit as much as comics go. Yeah, Uh, it was. 2003 is when the first issue of Walking Dead came out. But like there was the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead movie uh, 28 days later. Mm-hmm. There was an Xbox game that came out right around this time. That was uh, I forget Dead Rising. Sure. Uh, Shaun We've, of the Dead came out right around here. All the zombies Resident Evil games, were, all the Resident Evil movies like people love zombies. Zombies were so hot. Did I have a copy of. Uh, the Zombie Survival Guide and World War Z by Max Brooks. Yes, I did. Yeah. I think they're in that closet over there, Adam. I have not touched <laughs> them in years. I did get World War Z taken away from me at my nice conservative Christian school That's because so because it had a swear in it. Oh, no. And yeah. my they gave the book to my mom and she handed it to me. She said, Zach. Just don't don't read this at school, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> don't read at school, honey. You're old you're old <laughs> enough to she had a point. She's like, I mean, you're old enough to read a swear. <laughs> you're a teen. You've got this. Gotta love schools telling children not to read. It's uh just classic classic uh school behavior. Like what? <laughs> but yeah, zombies are huge, and Marvel has this whole thing where they do these uh you know minis and one shots and this one specifically is to celebrate halloween it's by fred van lenti and who's drawing alessandro viti yeah alessandro viti um gorgeous francesco francavelli cover oh so cool with daredevil black panther and luke cage uh kind of storming through a door with their little halloween buckets filled with brains i love it it's good. It's not the best uh, Francesc- Francesco Francavelle zombie cover that I've ever seen. It is still a pretty good cover. I, I mean, I love it. I think it's great. Um, and this story is interesting because you are thrown in media res with this survivor, this woman um, who's, you know, kind of got a automatic weapon and has set traps around her house and has a son and is just, you know, like a lot of survival zombie stuff, just trying to make it through through the day. Um, what's interesting about this story is that we don't learn who this protagonist is until well into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and for people who just the way that the character is drawn, 
um, and the fact that she has this son, you're not necessarily going to guess who it is right off the bat. So when you do get the reveal, I thought it was pretty cool. It's 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 Kitty. That's right. It's Kitty Pride. Kitty. It's Kitty and her son Peter. Um, they're in a zombie apocalypse. They're trying to celebrate Halloween, and she doesn't want to. And then she decides that she will because they find like a like a cat. Yeah, they find a kitten, and um, the little boy. You know, he's not. He's grown up in the zombie, uh, Marvel zombie apocalypse. So he's not really familiar with the customs of Halloween. And he gets this really cute little Wolverine costume, which he thinks is dumb. Um, very cute, very cute. <laughs> uh, which also comes with working claws, uh, which I think he uses at one point. He does stab zombie Darkhawk in the eyes with his <laughs> right? claws. <laughs> I was like, oh, this costume is. <coughs> Maybe not children appropriate, but uh, in a zombie apocalypse, you really do need to arm your child with. You gotta, you, you know, gotta stay safe. Yeah, you gotta stay safe. Gotta put knives in your child's hands. Uh, okay, but Kitty Pride would do this. Would she let, learn? Let her child. Uh, she learned child <laughs> safety from Wolverine. <laughs> um. Well. The the child does follow the, the kitten that they are, you know, trying to take care of out of the house and gets um, accosted by several Marvel Universe zombies. So we have Squirrel Girl here. Um, Squirrel Girl, a 2012 Squirrel Girl appearance. Folks, somehow, and this, this might be the most wild thing to me about how pop culture has changed over time is that squirrel girl like people forget squirrel girl was legitimately just like a gag joke character yeah now she now she is popular and known and people like her and Mm -hmm. they they took the gag past its limit and somehow ryan north brought it into being good actually it's all you need you need a good artist and a, a good writer to take a character on and make him into a hit. That's that's all it takes. Listen, you know. Listen, all you need is Ryan North and Erica Henderson's talent and all of the marketing money of the Walter Disney Corporation. <laughs> that's why we're getting a, a Devil Dinosaur TV show in 2023. You know. Okay, people. If people don't think that the idea of a T Rex and a like his friend who is a child would not be appealing to the five to seven year old demographic that they're shooting at. I would invite you to ever talk to one child. <laughs> uh, as someone who uh, collected and read all of the issues of moon girl and devil dinosaur with my daughter, as she was growing up, I concur. Uh, so yes, squirrel girl is here. Uh, Alex power is also a zombie. Um, metal is here dark hawk and uh, uh one of the runners, carolina right? dean what yeah is carolina it? yes carolina thank you um they're all kind of like deadpan humor too like they're not just like groany zombies that just that's, want brains they tell jokes that's kind of what marvel zombies became <laughs> It's weird, <laughs> uh, especially especially with Fred Van Linty, who does a good amount of writing. 
uh, on the Marvel Zombies, it's a it just kind of just becomes them doing bits, which yeah. I can appreciate. Like when you take a zombie story too seriously, I start to roll my eyes and be like, "Folks, these are <laughs> Halloween monsters." Uh, it's why Shaun of the Dead is so good. Yeah, I, I mean, you could do a lot of things with zombies, and um, the zombies are not only fought off by Kitty and her son, but her son did manage to make it to at least one house to trick or treat. And that old man that was there turned out to be Mephisto. So yeah, shows up at the end and burns some of the zombies to a crisp so that Kitty and uh, her son can get away. It's weird that Mephisto does a Faustian bargain with Kitty in a one shot because it's never brought up. Like this doesn't go anywhere. No, but you know, uh, it's just a fun cameo. And, uh, you know, it's by the these time... days are always trying to find out where Mephisto is. Yeah. I, Which really... I think is funny because most comic <laughs> readers are trying to find where Mephisto isn't so they can read those books instead. <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird dichotomy. Um, you're, it's either, it's either your Mephisto in the silver surfer books where you belong or I guess Ghost Rider, maybe, but there's a lot of other Satans too. Yeah, I'll accept him in uh, Daredevil as well, just for for fun. I won't accept him in Daredevil because anyone who tries to do him in Daredevil is like you're. It worked in Daredevil the one time. <laughs> Mephisto should not be hanging out in Daredevil books frequently. Chip, I know you love the Nascenti run. Don't do it. I mean, Blackheart is a uh, a daredevil foe, so you know. It, it, Blackheart's it, a Ghost Rider foe. No, but he appeared first in Daredevil. Yeah, when is the last time Daredevil and Blackheart? I'm just I'm just throwing it out there as a fan of that run. So I, I know I think where Blackheart I know has fought Miles Morales more frequently than he has fought more recently. Than daredevil, yes, probably, probably. Um, so this kitten that they've been chasing all around town uh, is curled up in the pumpkin at the end. Kitty and her son have this heartfelt, you know, memory of of their of his dead father, Colossus. And, uh, you know, it's it's a nice, sweet moment at the end. I thought this was fun. It's lighthearted. It's silly. Um, it's, you know, if you're a fan of shooting zombies and Kitty Pride, you might like it. I. I don't necessarily buy that this is Kitty. Um, it It's very much a version of Kitty, and it's not the version of Kitty that I like. It's the version of Kitty that, like, Joss Whedon and Mark Guggenheim have in their head. It's Oh, that's a good point. It's a very Joss Whedon version, you know. Which, again, um, it's just a few it's just a few years after uh, Astonishing, Astonishing ended. Yeah. That, People don't realize how big that book was. Yeah. Uh, probably still is for a lot of people, but this, this, this is fine. Um, I enjoyed it. I liked the reveal uh, when, it, when you realize who, who it is. I liked the silly zombie banter and uh, it was a fun little Halloween story. So I would tell people to check this out, you know, if they've never it read is, it. It is a perfectly fine little Halloween extravaganza yes is it... adam i'm gonna ask you one question though Ooh, yes mm -hmm. yes um when do you think the last time mephisto saw daredevil was 
Oh, he has. Mm. Like, when do you think's the last time Mephisto and Daredevil have been in the same comic book? Uh, Charles Soule? Uh, no, bud. You gotta go. You gotta go to 1999. That's a Kevin Smith, oh, Joe Casada, Jimmy Palmiotti joint. Okay. Well, let's let's keep it that way then. You know, let's not. Unless somebody's got a really great idea for it. Both Mephisto and Blackheart have separately been in X Force more frequently than they have in Daredevil. Let's write this story. I think this is better than the Excalibur story we just talked it about. It is better than the Excalibur story. Where is the like? Yeah, it's okay. Part of the list. Um, is it better or worse than four ninety eight Wolverine and Jubilee? Probably better. Uh, yeah. Not too much better, probably. I think we're definitely in the 400s here. Is this better than it's Colossus not... Bloodline at 478? No, it's not better than Colossus Bloodline. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of okay. Um, it's not better than Bad Blood at 484. It's better than... It's better than X-Man 30, the Operation Zero Tolerance tie-in, though. Okay, that's a good place for it. So we'll put this at our uh, at 485. We will. We will. Hey, Adam, you want to get want to do a weird book? Yeah, let's uh, let's finish with a weird one. And uh, this is this is. This one is um, it's it's it is weird. It's Wolverine. No, it's not. No, it's not. Son of a gun. It's Weapon X 22 to 27, a.k.a. Weapon X Force. And. Listen, folks, I know this story is going to do one of my biggest pet peeves, which is going to bring back yet again a character that I hate when people bring back. But this is probably the most successful time that it's been done. And uh, Reverend Stryker is back. And I you think this is a successful use of Reverend Stryker? Yes, absolutely. And here's I understand why. the pickings are slim, but Adam, can we talk about why? I'm okay. listening. Let's talk about why. First of all, no one should ever bring Stryker back ever. No, they really shouldn't. Christopher, no one, no one should ever do it. Uh, we 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 started this show. By talking about God Loves Man Kills too, and how I hated it, and how I hate bringing Stryker back, how I hate when he just like spews biblical verse, right? So if you are going to bring him back, and you're going to do it in the sense of like, oh, he's part cyborg or whatever, at least make fun of it. And that's exactly what this story does. This story does have William Stryker sell his soul to the devil. Exactly. That's weird. I don't, I don't think that works. I think, I think it works. I because think at this, this point the character is so divorced from its original conception that all bets are off. And you don't this have is to a lean very. Into it. This is yeah. also, I think, being done for laughs. So let's talk about what this it story is. is. Okay. Yes. Let's talk about what the story is, and then I want to get back to it because you and I, you are, you and I are on the same page, but with a different reaction. Sure. So let's talk about our lineup here. We've got Sabretooth, who has been inverted, quote unquote. He is, he is going by the, uh, 
nom de plume of Dick Steele in this. <laughs> right. He has his alias is Mystique's bodyguard. Uh, Mystique is here. Listen, the, the page he says, and I'm Dick Steele. <laughs> He's so expertly drawn by Sinar. Uh, uh, it's great. Uh, all, this is written by Greg Pothy and also Fred Van Lenty. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ildre Sinar does some of it, and there's a, there's a couple Luca other. Luca Pizaria does uh-huh. most of the rest. Uh, but then that last issue, I don't know what was going on. With I don't that know. Last it's like Filling City. Uh, Alberto Albuquerque, uh, who's currently doing uh, New Mutants uh, and was doing, what's that book there? No One's Rose. Uh, oh, okay. Really good creator owned. Yeah, by uh, Zach Thompson and Emily Horn. Uh, Mazel to Zach, Zach and Emily, who recently got married. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Congrats. All I know y'all were waiting for the Battle of the Atom people to send you those well wishes. Uh, (laughs) uh, Abraham Robinson and Roberto DeSalvo uh, also are writing on this. Um, Or coloring, arting, arting, doing the arts. Arting. Arting and arting and farting. So tired. So All right. Tired. So Sabretooth, Omega Red, Mystique, Lady Deathstrike, Domino's here for some money. And their villain here is a prosperity gospel church who turns out to be a master. Is it, It's not mastermind. It's um. It's Mentallo. Mentallo. Thank you. It's the third Mentallo who is not even in. I understand he was in sword. He's not even an X-Men character. He's an Avengers guy. Well, he's being used here, right? So um, he is the conduit for the devil to essentially brainwash people into walking into a meat grinder, right? Yeah. And feed energy to Stryker so that he can... Has, who has sold his soul to the devil so that he can defeat mutant kind. Am I getting this right? Yeah, you're getting this wildly convoluted plot right. It's Also, there's a... You know how Chris Claremont loves a good secret underground arena? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boy, do they have a secret underground arena. Yup. Um, they also go to hell. Yeah, that's the thing. After they rescue Hairbag Sauron, Pyro, who is explicitly St. John Allardyce, who is alive for mm. whatever reason, mm-hmm. uh, Frenzy, and s- like some others, it doesn't matter who, um, they save a bunch. Well, Sauron's, Sauron's fine in this, mm-hmm. uh, but they save a bunch of people and then they have to go to hell. Yes. Um to rescue people. They're they're doing all this to rescue Monet because they decided that they really needed to reference back the part of Cullen Bunn's X Uncanny X-Men that worked to the least second least actually. What worked to the least was the Greg Landart. Second least was uh the relationship between Monet and Sabretooth. <laughs> That's true. But yet they're they're played as sort of like an on again, off again couple here, which is fine. I, I just thought it was stupid. Um, Deadpool's also here. Deadpool has a full issue devoted to him, like having worked for money for Mentallo and not really knowing what's going on, but he's going to fight the rest of X for uh, weapon X weapon X force anyway. And I don't know, that was actually pretty funny. Um, even though I, you know, 
Deadpool's the best when he just kind of like pops up. Deadpool, as, as Deadpool is not like written poorly here. Here's my problem with Deadpool in this. And actually my problem with adding M to this. Mm. This book really like, does Lady Deathstrike say more or less than three words in these entire like seven issues? Oh, she's like complete non-entity. She has Omega the, Red does very, very little. Yeah. She ha, now, Lady Deathstrike does have the stabby nanobots, nanites that uh, help cure um, the mind controlled folks, I guess. That's I, I, not how stabbing yeah. works. I just, <laughs> I need people to know that you can't stab someone to health. <laughs> well, she's injecting them with her, her claws. Um, That's not how claws work. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, do we mention Azazel is here? <laughs> yeah, Nightcrawler's dad. That's the part. He's the he's the devil that William Stryker has sold his soul to. Right. Hate that. I love hate it. it so much. Um, and guess do what he does? Like Hold on. Wait. That is this is the kind of goofy stuff you live for. Why are you this not entertaining to you? Oh, because it would be entertaining if it was good. And it, they did it bad, actually, is the problem. Because we what just they got used... done an entire episode where you defended X-Men the end. And you're telling me that this is not funny? That's a great that's a great <laughs> question, Adam. Yes. Yes, I am saying that. I mean, um, no, because here's the thing. I feel like they're using Azazel as just a regular demon guy. And one, Marvel Universe already got a lot of Satans. We don't need the Satan from the worst X-Men story, necessarily. Number two was well, my number two. Oh, yeah. He just makes them do the thing that Nightmare does. Yeah, that's true. They have to like relive past trauma. It doesn't last as long. It doesn't only because there's a point where they're like, yeah, there's too many characters in this book. We can't dedicate one page to all of their trauma. Yeah. Yep. Very good that Deadpool's trauma is failing on stage and people laughing at him instead of with him. And Domino's trauma is having to watch Deadpool do stand up comedy. That was pretty funny. That's um, a, listen, there's great. <laughs> okay, th- that's my thing. There are great bits in this. Yeah. This Fred Van Linty and Greg Pak are great writers. Um, one, the art, very inconsistent, very rushed for everybody. Uh, Sinar having to jump right off of this is a shame because easily the best art that it looks like and it just goes downhill. Yeah, I would agree with um, that. The problem to me is tonally. I don't know what this is trying to be because it's not as far into like the silly slapsticky of the time that Omega Red got a tiger. Right. It doesn't go that far. And it tries to pull back with like this story about pathos and like Sabretooth trying to come to terms with his violence and his rage and being a bad father. Because that's the other thing we didn't mention that Graydon Creed. Right. He saves Graydon Creed, even though Mystique is like, why are we doing this? Mystique. <laughs> Here's the thing about Mystique's parenting method. And I think we could all use, use a little of this energy. Sometimes Mystique is a parent. Who's going to be like, no, this baby has bad vibes. <laughs> I don't need to deal with it. I'm going to throw him off of a waterfall. I'm going to, I'm going to let this child. Yeah, I did give birth to him. He sucked a lot. I also shot him. Right. I killed him for a reason. We're not bringing him back. I, hold on. Is, He's supposed to be dead, Victor. Yeah. Sabretooth is so desperate for like, you know, 
salvation salvation brownie points which does seem odd um but you know again a lot of these characters are in this weird spot like the havoc stuff and it doesn't need to be the way it is like it's just you you can't can't have it both ways you can't can't in issue one be like hi i'm dick steel saber tooth (laughs) and then be like i'm gonna redeem myself even if it costs me my soul saber tooth you cannot give me that in one story. It's just give me it. It makes it lukewarm. It's okay. not good enough okay. either way. And that's my biggest problem with this. I have that problem with Reverend Striker because I think Reverend Striker as a character in God loves man kills is so far into the, I don't want to say melodrama necessarily, but definitely melodrama. Like it's a very serious story. God loves man kills. is not a joking book. No, and Stryker is explicitly not a joking character. So it is weird to see him come back as a robot demon who Love sold his soul to the devil. Yeah, I'm fine uh, with that. Actually, I think the robot part is from earlier. In yeah, this it's from God Loves action. Man Kills too. No, he just had a robot suit in God Loves Man Kills too. No, in, but where is no, it? In, that he, is it Bastion that he gets the, uh, when no. he gets brought back? No, Adam, you're. It's, um, no, it's. What the hell was he that comes story? back with Bastion in the new X-Men, but he's just the dude there. And then mm. in the first year of Weapon X, where they make oh. uh, Weapon H. Yeah. You know, the the, the Wolverine yeah. is also a Hulk. The hulk That was a William Stryker story. Okay. It sucks. Yeah. They all, I mean, they listen. What I also appreciated about this story is that it does end with Sabretooth beheading William Stryker in hell. So <laughs> it's great. Like, hopefully we never see him again. Um, we will. Oh, he was God. in a movie. He was in a movie. Not We're going to see him again. Um, it also like the book just kind of like ends. It's like, oh, yeah, uh, we're out of pages and um, this book is over. So like the book is over. We're, we're not publishing any more issues. It's so weird. <laughs> it's very strange because like, they don't know what's going like. They're just like, yeah, uh, Saber, Saber ran into the woods over there and uh, this story's over. And well, uh, they do a whole marketing thing. They did a whole marketing thing about them being weapon X force mm-hmm. in August of 2018. Yeah. Before August of 2018, yeah. they get a whole new design and all this stuff. Yeah. It's very strange. I still and then think it ends. Oh, it just it it. I mean, they end it so that they can go and do like they were doing disassembled at this time. Right. Like all the X Men stuff has to end by this point, so that Hickman can kick off the new year. And he was like, "I need, I need like five months." <laughs> Pepe has not finished. Right? Can I have a little more time? Okay. Um, I have to do the best story. Hold yeah. on. So. I still think this is fun. I agree. It's not as fun as the time that, um, that, uh, Omega, Omega Red, Red Hat Tiger. Tiger. Yeah. Um, absolutely where, not. where is that on the list? Let's start with that. Let's see. Um, oh, hold on. I got to find it. That is at, uh, oh, that's at, that's at three fifty four. Okay. Okay. So we know we're below three fifty. Um, I think this is worse than the zombies story. Yeah. I, I think I would agree. Um, I also think this is worse than Weapon X, the draft, Sauron. Yup. 
Okay, so we're probably in the 500s here because I don't think we're, this is as good we're as in the 500. New Warriors 31, who mourns the Hellions? Um, uh, looking around, this isn't is yeah, okay. This is not as good as the time that the all new X Men with the Dennis Hopeless and Mark Bagley team went to Paris. Yeah, but I don't think it's as bad as at 530 X Factor She Hulk Secret Invasion. I agree. Um, and I don't think it's as good as New Mutants Back to Asgard, 77 to 85. Which one is X-Force Annual 3? Is that the is that the Danny story? Yeah, it's not that it's not as good as that Rainfire story. No, I, I think I might I would put this ahead of uh, Uncanny Annual 8 at 527, though. Yeah, I'd put it. I, I would put it between between above that. I would put it below the X-Force annual, but above the return to Asgard from New Mutants because that story is too long. Okay, that's that. You know what? That's fine. I enjoyed this. I thought it was fun. Um, I agree. It's got some weird quirks to it that maybe don't work, but you could do why a lot it, worse. Hey, why do they rescue a bunch of supervillains for one issue and then say, later, haters, we're gone. <laughs> and that doesn't come up for the rest of the thing. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of twists and turns here and not all of them make as much sense as they should. So um, who knows when I, they got their cancellation. Why order. resurrected Grace and Green Creed? I don't think he does he get resurrected or does he actually Yes he does, right? He floats up and out of hell. He floats up out of hell. Yeah. Wow. Why do that? Of know. all the things you had to table set for Hoxpox, and there was a lot of table setting. Sure. 20, 2017 to twenty eighteen was pretty much the year of folks, we're just we're gonna clean all this up real quick. Mm-hmm. Give us two years. We gotta fix X-Men. Yeah. Let's send those teens we back. We broke those things <laughs> on accident. We did break the X-Men and we got to fix it. Yeah. No one needed Great and Creed alive. We still don't. I don't think anyone wants to play with that character. So, uh, I mean, well, here's the thing. He can't join Orcus because he was super assassinated in public. Mm-hmm. How did you come back? Well, I was resurrected and we weren't, we're going to protest you now because that's what humans do. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, All right. Well, uh, that was a fun set of stories. I hope people track those down and I hope folks have a happy Halloween folks. If you don't track those down, you might have a happier Halloween. I think you'll be fine either way, but Hey, if you need a spooky tale, why not? Why not? If, If you need a spooky tale, why not listen to any of our other Halloween episodes and listen and like, Read most of those things. <laughs> We're getting to the bottom of the barrel. A couple more years. We'll be, God knows what we'll be talking about. Um, what's up? You got anything going on? No. No? No, Adam. I don't. All right. So folks, make sure you go to comicsx or patreon.com slash comicsxf. Uh, yes, that's where you can request an episode. Yeah. Not, not for Halloween, but, you know, for normal times. And you know uh, what? If you want to use yours for Halloween, go to town. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, by the time this episode comes out, Twitter uh, just could not be a go- going concern anymore. We'll see. But uh, you can always follow Comics XF at Comics XF. And you can always follow me at Arthur Stacy. And what are we doing next week, Zach? We're going to wrestle. Ooh, we're going to we gotta- wrestle. 
We got a we got a wrestling themed episode coming up. <laughs> Very excited. I'm fresh off of my trip to WWE SmackDown, nice. an event I definitely did watch <laughs> in person. We'll talk we'll talk about that next week. Okay. Um but until then folks, this has been Bow the Adam. We hope you survived the experience. <laughs>